you know, if you guys just like did God's commands, then you can have confidence in the Spirit. Now, I know that sounds like a lot because it is a lot, but what that comes down to is the idea that you need to love your neighbor. Brother and sister and even your enemies, you need to love your neighbors like God's always said. Now, little children, let us not love in merely thoughts and and words, but actually in doing something good for the other person. And this is how we know that we belong to God. It's going to take a lot of work for you to get to that confidence. It's going to take a lot of work for you to get to the point where you are doing God's commands and you're comfortable enough with that to feel confident towards God, but that's the way in which it works. You have to do his commands. You have to obey what he says, and you have to, as he says in the last verse of chapter 3, you have to, this is the way that we know that we have his spirit. He who keeps his commands remains in him, and he, God, in him. The way that we know that God remains in us is from the spirit that he has given us. And so John has set up this this paradigm by which you can understand if you have the spirit of God on you or not. Do you have the spirit of God on you? That's a big question. Are you doing his commands? Then yes, you do have the spirit. Okay, John, um... Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? What does that feel like when I have the Spirit on me? I know a lot of religious groups nowadays are very um, interested in this idea that the Spirit might come upon them and they might feel the Spirit and be in step with Him and have that and have that feeling. John, what does that look like? And that's the question that he begins to address, starting in chapter four, verses one through six. It's very simple. Uh, the book of 1 John, I don't know if I've said that. It's a very simple process to understand whether the Spirit is from God or not. And John explains it's not actually a feeling, it's actually just a fact of the matter. This is the uh, the only real test we're given to how we know if the Spirit is with us or not. And it doesn't ultimately result in all that exciting of news, but we should cover it because it's an important uh, interruption here in the midst of two love sections, we come to this idea of testing the Spirit. And so First John chapter 4, let's start reading in verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now it is already in the world. But you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Now, maybe if you hear that line in verse 6, well, people, people who are godly listen to us, and people who aren't godly don't listen to us. Maybe that just sounds like a self 
self-fulfilling prophecy, a self-validating thing, and there is no way to correct it. Well, if someone listens to us, then they must be godly, and they are, are godly because they listen to us. And if they don't listen to us, then they must not be godly, and they must not be godly because they don't listen, right? That sounds like circular reasoning when you just read it at a surface level, but as you get into what he's saying... I think he's actually arguing something a little different. Now, it's similar in the idea that everything comes back to God. If you want proof of, uh, of why everything would come back to God, or in this case, especially Jesus, go read the Gospel of John. He already wrote that to give you proof that Jesus is God and that Jesus should be listened to. Since that is the case, and since that has been established, we forego that question to instead talk about what the Spirit of God feels like. And what he says is, in verse 1, he says, you need to test these spirits. Don't believe everything that you hear or see or claim to have experienced in some way. Go and test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. If we're trying to evaluate whether we have the Spirit of God or not, maybe that's a feeling, maybe that's a thought, maybe that's a, a, an idea that we had about a piece of Scripture, and we feel like, I don't know, is God helping me to understand something in this moment right now? Whenever we have these feelings about the Spirit, and, and we're wondering if we're ever under the influence of the Spirit, here's what you do. You test that Spirit. You know, a lot of people have gone out into the world claiming things that are just not true. Many false prophets have gone out into the world, and, well, some of it was purposeful. Some of it is not purposeful. Some people genuinely believe that they are hearing things from God, and maybe it is. You know, some people throughout all of time have heard messages direct from God or seen things direct from God. Okay, maybe that is the truth. Some people, on the other hand, are just making things up, and they make up some of the false prophets. Some people are led astray by other things. They do see something, maybe, but some, that thing is not from God. What Paul warns us of in one of his letters, I forget which one, I think it's, I forget which one, is he says that even Satan himself dis, uh, disguises himself as an angel of light. And so that's one of the warnings we have, is that sometimes you may see or feel things that feel important, that may seem like they're from God, and yet they are not. Okay, John, how do I tell? Well, he says, test the spirits to see if they are from God. You don't want to be one of the false prophets. You don't want to be one of the guys who just goes out and makes stuff up, right? That's purely in your, in your will. That's in your willingness. You don't want to intentionally mislead people, but you also don't want to accidentally mislead people. And you don't want to deceive yourself into thinking that you're getting something that you aren't really getting. Okay, so test the spirits. All right, John, how do I test the spirits? Okay, how, how do I go about doing this job? And here's what he gives you. Here's the litmus test in verses 2 and 3. It's pretty simple and kind of boring, actually. Like, there's not any cool... Um, I don't know, there's no, there's no ritual to go through, there's no gravitas to the situation. It's just kind of like, hey, um, go and ask the Spirit what it's doing, right? If the Spirit val validates that Jesus is the Christ, then it's right, and if it doesn't, 
then it's not. Again, if you want the historical proof that Jesus is the Christ and why John can confidently state that, go read his gospel or any of the other gospels. Historical documents that provide you proof that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. Passing on that question, I'm assuming you all agree with that. Uh, If not, we can go back and review it at some other time. But moving on from there, that is the test. Does the spirit, does this thing that you're you're hearing or or receiving or feeling in this moment, does it validate who Jesus is and what he said? The spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. This may well be uh, a specific challenge of the time. A lot of people at that time questioned whether Jesus was actually here in the flesh or not, and so John may be singling out a specific instance uh, of heresy here, that may well be, he might also be stating a general principle. And so I'm going to talk about this like it is a general principle, because I believe that you can at least extrapolate a general principle from it, although he may be referring to one situation in particular. The idea here is that you're supposed to check the Spirit to see if it agrees with Jesus to see if it agrees with the Gospels, to see if it agrees with what God has said on the whole. And so, for instance, if I get a a message from above, right? If I get a message that says, um, you should go and kill such and such a person, maybe it's from God, but how would I know? I have to examine it in light of what I already know in light of what the truth is, in light of what the evidence is, in light of Jesus. Okay, does that align with what Jesus would have me to do? Or, in general, what the Gospels would say, or what the Apostles would say, or extend it further than that, what the Old Testament would have me say? And pretty clearly, when you look at Jesus' life, I don't think Jesus is pro-murdering people. I don't think that's a controversial take either. He never advocates for that nor asks people to do it. So I don't think it agrees with what Jesus says. I don't think that revelation corresponds with Jesus. I don't think it validates who Jesus is. I don't think it confesses that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. It doesn't agree with who he is. It doesn't agree with his principles. It doesn't agree with his ideals. Therefore, it is not from God. Expand that even further. It doesn't agree with the Old Testament. It doesn't agree with the rest of the New Testament. It doesn't agree with loving your neighbor and forgiving them and praying for your enemies and loving them regardless. That is an act of vengeance. That's not found in the Bible. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, declares the Lord, not me. Okay, so that example is a little bit silly, right? But that's the idea that we're talking about. Validate whether your revelations are from God or not by comparing it to the revelation that you already know is from God. And when you do, you'll find that some things line up pretty well and some things don't line up very well. Maybe you're being talked to by a spirit. Okay, test the spirit. Maybe you're seeing a vision or a dream. Okay, test the dream. Maybe you're coming up with an interpretation to a passage that you might not have read in that way before. Okay, test that interpretation. What does it say about Jesus? Does it contradict other things in the Bible? And how can I, how do we make them make sense together? Test the Spirit. If it agrees, 
If this idea, this notion agrees that Jesus is God, okay, cool, let's work with that. If it doesn't agree, then guess what? It's anti-Christ. Jesus is Christ. Ideas against him are anti-Christ. And it's pretty easy idea there. Chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. Again, you know the spirit of Antichrist is coming into the world. You know the spirit of Antichrist? Many Antichrists are here. You know they're all here. You know they're all doing things. You know that they are all in this world. You know this already. So, don't listen to them. Spirits are going to come, ideas are going to come, interpretations are going to come at you, and you're not necessarily going to know what to do with them. John provides that paradigm here. You go back to the truth that you know. You go back to the scripture. You go back to Jesus. You go back to the revealed will of God. And if it matches, if the ideas that you're having are matching what God has said before, keep them, work with them. That's probably good. But if they're contradicting what God has said before, do not listen to anything like that. Many spirits will try to come whether it is the devil actively working on your mind, whether it's just you leading yourself astray, accidentally reading something and hearing it in the wrong light or not interpreting scripture correctly. I don't know. It takes many forms. But don't be dragged aside by those. Check them. Test them. And follow the truth. That's the message, and that is how you know if a spirit is from God. Ultimately, there is the result of the test, and that's what verses 4 through 6 are really focused on. And here's the result of the test, that there is a difference between you people who have tested the spirits and those people who haven't. There's a difference between you people who are actually trying to listen to God and those people who are not. The people who are giving themselves to the Lord and the people who are giving themselves to the world or to themselves or to any other thing that is not God. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them, I think the spirit of the Antichrists. You have conquered them because the one who is with you is greater than the one who is in the world, right? Christ is greater than Antichrist. God is greater than the devil. There is no competition. There is no comparison. God is with you, and so work within that. Test the spirits to make sure they're from him. You don't want to, like... If you have something that's good, and then someone offers you something that's not as good, you don't want to be caught going after the option that is nowhere near as good, right? There is no reason for you to decrease quality. There is no reason for you to downgrade in any way, shape, or form. Why would you go to a lesser level when you could stay at God's level? You are from God. The one who is greater, the one who is with you is greater than the one who is in the world. So stay with him. Why compromise? Why cut quality? Why cut the corners and go with the devil's option instead? It may be cheaper. It may look nicer in the moment. But what is it going to do for you in the long run? It's a good question, isn't it? And so maybe you need to invest some in God right now. You are from God. The one who is with you is greater than the one who is in the world. They, the Antichrists, they are from the world. What they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. They're going to be popular. They're going to listen to themselves because they're spreading a message that they want to hear. And you are not that way. You are from God. 
And the people who know God, notice this in verse 6, anyone who knows God listens to us. God's people listen to him. And on the flip side of that, anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. And notice that language. It's not anyone who knows God listens. Anyone who doesn't know God doesn't listen. It is anyone who knows God listens. Anyone who is not from God does not listen. I think there's a slight difference there. Because what he's saying is that God's people listen to God and thus to his, his people who speak on his behalf, right? God's people listen to him. And those who have a hint of God, those who are in some way from God, those who are made from God's DNA, who have some of his essence, who have some of his spirit and his soul in them, those people who are receptive or open-minded towards God, those people might listen, but those without it do not listen. Fact is, everyone is made in God's image. Everyone has a soul to give back to him. Everyone is made with a code of ethics and some morality of some form or another. Everyone has these vestiges of God in them, and yet some people listen and some people ignore them. Some people listen and seek out God and eventually come to know him, but they only come to know him because they've been seeking for him for a long time. There are a lot of people who are not willing to seek after God. There are a lot of people who are not willing to question and to strive for him. There are a lot of people who are not from God in any way, shape, or form. They will not listen. They do not want him. They have no inclinations towards him, and there is no reason that they would give you the time of day. However, there are some people who are from God, even though they don't know God. People who are of God's stock, who recognize maybe something like that, and maybe they're searching and they don't know where he is, and they can't find him exactly, but they're looking for him. Those people may or may not listen, and that depends on us and how well we're able to speak to them. And then there is the third group, those who are from God, the people who, who know God fully through his word. Which group are we? Which group are we trying to be? Which group are we trying to reach as we go out into the world and seek lost souls? Are we trying to reach those who have no interest in God? Are we trying to reach those who have an interest but don't know how to get there? Or are we trying to communicate with those who are already there? Three different groups of people, maybe three different approaches we should try and use towards them. It's not circular reasoning. We know the, the, the godly people based on who listen. But it is a process by which we seek out other people and we do our best to try and help them. And as we try and help them, we understand, we realize who they are. That some of them are people who know God. Some of them are people who are from God but don't know him. And some of them are people who are not from God and will not listen. And we have to move on from them. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. When we work with it, and we give it to other people, 
and we see their reactions from it. There's a test we have to run for ourselves and what we claim to know, what we claim is our experience. We have to test that against the actual facts and truth of the situation. We have to look to Jesus to validate our ideas in relation to him, to see if we are right, to see if we do understand. And if we do, we can use that well. If we do that, if we validate our ideas, if we look towards Jesus in everything we do, then you will know God, and you will be one who can influence others towards God. And how exactly are you going to do that? Well, that's a big task, but there's one more thing you need to work on. And that's where we'll pick up next week, because as I said, this is a little aside. In the end of chapter 3, you have this talk about love. In the end of chapter 4, you have this talk about love. Right in the middle, a question, are we loving rightly? Are we loving according to God? Are we just validating ourselves? Are we just making ourselves feel good? Or are we actually giving something of value towards the Lord? Hopefully, as you evaluate the spirits, as you check your ideas and and whatever else comes up, you seek the Lord. You seek to know him. You seek to give yourself to him to truly believe and work accordingly. And as you do that, there are a few things that we need to do to start spreading his word towards others. Love other people. Love the Lord and love others. Those are the two greatest commandments for a reason. And we'll delve into that more next week. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you benefited. God bless. And I'll see you on the next episode.